Hi, welcome back to Unsolved South. Hope everybody had a great week. I'm Michelle. And I'm Maddie. Maddie, how was your week? Um, it was good. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about that. It's been a busy week. And sorry for the background noise. Uh, baby is destroying a book right now. He's co-hosting. Co-hosts. So, listen, we saw Jeremy and Melissa this week, and Melissa was like, she listens now, and so does Becky. Ooh. And, um, I didn't hear about my other, my other loves from that direction, but the two of them do, and then Jeremy was like, he was gonna start listening, <laughs> which was a whole ordeal, because she was trying to get it on this phone for him. And then um, that last episode was Kelly Wilson. Yeah. He was like, oh, my sister listens to you because her name's Kelly Wilson. Oh, and no. I was like, does she? I'm like, I can't see who listens. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, yes, it's Kelly Wilson. And I was like, oh, no, that was the name of the episode. So That was the name of someone who went missing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, then I was like, um, man, I hope I hadn't said nothing. But I think I'm safe. Come no, because we did them. say that um, eventually we were going to tell the drowning story. When yeah, Melissa when I can drowns. tell it without, um, when I can tell it without dying laughing, which maybe never I may tell that story. But uh, I think I'm good as long as nobody that knows my mom is listening. Cause uh, y'all don't be narking me out with her. Cause as long as she don't listen or nobody that narks me out <laughs> listens, I should be good. Yeah. You um also mentioned that she had a story that um kind of like my story where I almost was kidnapped or you know unsolved. Did so no, I I still forget I forgot to ask her. But um so. from what I remember, uh-huh, it was um basically she was leaving work and her car wouldn't crank. And this was back in the um, 70s. And so, you know, cell phones weren't a thing. And so she had she had started walking. Yeah. And she was, like, going to go up to the gas station or whatever and call. And um, this guy pulled over and was trying to get her to go get in his car. And oh. she was like, no. And he started like at first he was friendly and then he started getting more and more aggressive trying to get her in the car oh absolutely not. and she was like no and then he like i think he grabbed her and tried to like pull her into the car and my father had just happened to decide to go that direction when he was getting off work yeah and he pulled up and uh, the guy like sped off and I need to ask her to get the real details but um, it seems like she said whatever car it was that that was a serial killer that was working in the area and that um, that car was on the news like a couple nights later and wow. she was like for sure she almost got killed by the serial killer oh that was terrible God. that was terrible storytelling because I cannot remember the details but uh, that's a story I ain't heard in forever I'm going to do better. If any of y'all ever have a kidnapping story and y'all send it in, I'll do better on y'all's. Yes, please send in your kidnapping stories. We'd love to hear them. Or even just close call stories or even stories that you're like, hmm, that was weird. Yeah, like, I mean, nothing ever happened with my story, but still. That was like, weird. 
yeah, it was weird, and it was a weird encounter. Like, you can think of what could happen. Exactly. And also, sorry if my words don't make sense today. My brain ain't braining. I'm way too pregnant for this. <laughs> and if I sound weird, I burnt the roof of my mouth on some greens. I thought I had blown them enough when I needed to taste them, make sure my seasoning was good. <laughs> And I did not, and I burnt the fool out of my mouth. And so then I was like, I get a piece of hard candy. And so I used a Jolly Rancher a minute ago, sounded fine. But now I put a lifesaver in, and I don't know if it's too big or what. <laughs> but now I feel like I'm talking with an impediment. So <laughs> if I sound weird, that's why. Anyway, so I got a uh, neat story for y'all this week. And this week we're going to Mississippi. You ready to get started? We don't usually um, record at Matlin's house. But she took me out to get my toes done for Mother's Day. And so um, we decided we'd go ahead and knock a couple out. Because she's getting ready to pop this baby any minute. Yes. After this weekend, he can come at any time. After this weekend. Man, you're going to uh, have this baby in the middle of somebody's wedding. You're no. probably not going to get a good review if you do. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he doesn't come this weekend, I'm good. He was going to drop out on the aisle. <laughs> oh, Lord. In front of the bride. <laughs> no, the last... The, uh, when I had Sawyer, when my water broke, I had Sawyer, like, I don't know. It felt like everything went real quick after that. Mm-hmm. So, if I... If my water breaks while I'm in the mountains this weekend, I'm screwed. I'm about to have this baby unmedicated. It's going to be awful. And, oh, Lord. You have a, a mountain baby, though, so it'll be fine. Yeah, true. And Cliff and Lee Karen live really close to the venue. Mm -hmm. So I'll just drive over there and have the baby in there. Yeah, maybe you can have it in at their, their house. I'm sure Cliff knows what to do. <laughs> I'm sure he's birthed the cow or something. <laughs> All right, so on with the story. Yes, let's get started. Uh, there are 168 million, no, not million, sorry, Brandy is in here co-hosting to my grand puppy, and I thought she was going to step on my sunglasses, so she distracted me. Um, there are 168 missing people in Mississippi at the time, time of my research. Well, at least it's not million. Yes, millions would have been crazy, that especially been crazy. all in Mississippi. Yeah. Like, dang, some of y'all need to move out. Anyway. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be living in Mississippi if I were y'all. <laughs> um, one of these missing people is heiress Mary Jacqueline Levitz. Jacqueline is a white female. She was 62 years old at the time of her disappearance. 5'6", 125 pounds. She had grain blonde hair and hazel eyes. I feel like hazel is such a, um, like everybody has hazel eyes. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a catch-all for eyes that you can't really define. Yeah. Like Sawyer's eyes, I would call them, I guess, hazel because I would call them blue. You would? Yeah. They're more like a gray. I don't know. Mine like are funky. They used almost. to be brown, and then sometimes they're green. Every <laughs> once in a while, they look almost blue. It's weird. Yeah. Noah's are the same way. They change colors. Yeah. Anyway, Jacqueline was a millionaire at the time of her disappearance. 
And she didn't come from wealth, though. In fact, she grew up on a cotton farm in Louisiana. She was one of nine siblings who was expected to work the farm. So she wasn't a debutante. In those days, the farm didn't have any type of mechanical cotton pickers. So that fell to the family and the workers. It was not uncommon for Jackie and her siblings to pick over 300 pounds of cotton in a day. And I don't know if y'all have ever touched cotton, like real cotton, but it will slice up your fingers. Mm -hmm. It is not like cotton balls like you think. So they definitely knew the value of hard work. After high school, Jackie moved to Texas to live with her sister and um, to attend a secretarial school. It was there that she met her first husband, Walter Bolton Jr. They had a son, Walter III, but that marriage did not last long. From there, she moved to Washington, D.C. and started working in real estate. She married a well-off restaurant owner, and then she grew her own business flipping houses. And that was back in the day when that wasn't really a thing. Her husband, the restaurant owner, died, and then she picked up and moved to Florida. While she was in Florida, she continued to grow her business. She would renovate and decorate houses for the rich and famous. It was there that she met her third husband, Ralph Levitz. When he hired her to work on his house, something just sparked between them. And so before long, they were dating. (laughs) Now, he was a furniture mogul. And um, he had taken over like he was legit a businessman. Like, I mean, he was top of his field okay. and furniture. He had taken over the family business and his father had started that business in 1910. Oh, wow. So this was a long running business. Established. It was, yes. Well established. He was in the, um, y'all may not know this, but there are furniture magazines. He was in the furniture magazines making headlines. Mm. Very well known in his field. She became his sixth wife in 1987. Jeez, they both are getting round. Well, he is only her third husband. I mean, I feel like after two, uh, when you get on your third, you're starting to get around. You know, I'm Billy's third wife, right? What? Exactly. (laughs) Starting to get around. Um, They were very happy together. They were always in the social pages of the papers. If they were not entertaining at their beautiful estate, they were attending some kind of fancy ball or event. Things were going really well until around 1990 when Ralph began having health issues. He had a series of strokes and over the next five years um, that led them to drastically cutting back on their social lives. So, and I don't know if that was just because he had lost so much function or, you know, they just, it was like, we need to chill with all the socializing. But they drastically cut back and they quit um, entertaining at their own house. They quit going to parties pretty much. 
Now, he died in March of 1995, and that left Jackie with a trust of around $18 million. Upon her death, that money was to go to his grandkids from a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. Now, both of them were up in years when they got together. Yeah. They did not have any kids together. So, he had um, two children, I believe, and she had one. Mm-hmm. But this money was to go to his grandkids. Okay, so not his children, though. Mm-mm. His grandkids. Oh. Okay. Okay, so I want to pause here because I think women need to celebrate each other's victories. I'm big on that. So, um, y'all make sure y'all got friends that'll celebrate y'all and help y'all out when you get it. But and men should too. But I think um, women like have this weird competition thing with each other. So sometimes. weird, yeah. Like, it, like they gotta knock a woman down to feel better or whatever. Yeah, y'all don't do that as skank. Community um, over competition, people. Exactly. Just be happy another woman's making it. Oh, yes. Anyway, um, so I want to make sure that we give Jacqueline the respect she deserves by not letting anybody be under the assumption that she needed this man's money. She did not. Jackie was a millionaire in her own right. Mm -hmm. Her business had done very well. She had made this business herself, and it had done very well. She was doing good when she met him. Yeah. Um, she may not have had as many millions as he did, but she did have $4.5 million of her own dollars. Yeah, and so, at that time, that's... Right. And that's more than what, what it would have been now. Right. And that's good from a little farm girl from uh, Louisiana. After Ralph's death, her own mortality started looking her in the face as it does because life is short. So she decided that it was maybe time to move fast, closer to what's important, and that's family. So wait, pause. Did she get any money at all? Well, she got the eighteen million. She did. So it didn't go to his grandkids. It would go to her his grandkids when she died. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So as long as she was alive, that was her money. Oh, okay. But anything that was left would go to his grandkids if after she died. Got you. So, yeah, she got $18 million. She was good. She was fine. Gotcha. Okay, so um, she decides to move closer to her family, and they are all, um, well, most, still in Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. So she finds this large, nice three-bedroom estate overlooking the Mississippi River in Vicksburg, Mississippi. From her new house, she could see the bridge that led to her home state of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And she had four siblings living within 50 miles of her. Oh, nice. And so she was right there on the river. Yeah. And she liked to sit in her window and watch the boats go by and all of that. She absolutely loved the water. She had a good life. Yeah. So, um... Jacqueline was planning to have a show place where she could entertain family. She planned to turn this house into a two-kitchen, eight-bedroom, eight-bath house that was complete with a playroom that had kid-sized furniture and a den full of comfy recliners. How is she going to fit all of this in a two, three-bedroom house? I just said she was turning it into an eight-bedroom house. I know, but how is she going to fit it all in? Like, 
Is she just gonna build onto it, I guess? Yes. I she was gonna, she, I she was gonna she gut was the inside gonna, and like no, redesign. She was gonna um, almost triple the size of this house. Jeez. It wasn't the house that she fell in love with. It, it was, was the, location. the location. Got it. Okay. And um, so when she saw the house, the location was incredible. And when I say it was right on the river, I mean it was on the river. She could see that big, beautiful bridge, the boats going down the river and everything. This location, and it had a decent amount of land. Mm -hmm. This location was what she fell in love with. So, um, when she bought the house, she told the previous owner, she's like, you know, I'm going to renovate it, you know, and they're thinking, I guess, the same thing as you. Yeah. And, um, but no, she was almost going to triple the square footage of the house. Man. So she was going from three bedrooms to eight bedrooms, two kitchens, eight bathrooms, and then the den and the playroom. So she was going to have this massive show place. She was looking forward. She was wanting to entertain her family, but also she was going to invite people from the town mm -hmm. to come for like this big um, Christmas thing she Party was gonna do and um so she was super excited about it she was all about it plus designing and renovating is what she does yeah so you know she she knew what she wanted and that's what she was gonna do she also planned to decorate she had more than one master bedroom and she planned to decorate one of them in this jungle theme and she was trying to get her son to come move in with her he had never gotten married mm -hmm. And, um, and she, you know, wanted to be around family. So she was hoping she could get him to come move in with her. And so she was like enticing him with this jungle room that she was, um, <laughs> how old is he? He's grown. <laughs> He's grown. We could have the bedroom that you never had. Well, I mean, you know, Elvis had that whole jungle room in his estate too. So that was a thing. <laughs> anyway. It was probably, like, top design back in the day, though. Did, I mean, did it work? Did he move in? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. So, Jacqueline spent her time reconnecting with family, meeting the new neighbors, and tooling around town in her cream-colored Jaguar, buying building supplies. She became good friends with the previous owners of the house, and she seemed to be adapting well to her new, simpler life. In fact, once during a conversation, her sister had mentioned that she was planning to buy some cheap dresses for her granddaughters to play dress up in. Mm -hmm. Jacqueline volunteered her evening gowns. Her sister laughed and said, I was thinking like $5 dresses, not $5,000 dresses. Yeah. And Jackie replied, well, I don't ever plan to wear them again anyway. I mean... So, makes sense, I guess. I mean, what are you going to do with them? Sell them? Well, I guess she has so Anybody that can afford a $5,000 dress is not buying a used dress. True that. With all her plans and the house under constant construction, there was a crew of about um, 40 people at a time. Jackie oversaw all the renovations. She would put on her hard hat and then she would direct and inspect all the work. Super hands-on. Her house was pretty much unfurnished during this time and she called it camping. 
<laughs> she had a refrigerator, some plastic lawn chairs, a small TV, and her mattress. She also had some of her personal items, including jewelry, furs, and her clothes. But otherwise, she was just making do. She didn't really have it furnished. Cause, furs mean, is in fur coats? Yes. Why does she need fur coats in Mississippi? I mean, it gets cold in Georgia. I'm sure it gets cold in Mississippi. Yes. Ma'am, please do not lick my face. It's not me licking her face, I promise. No. <laughs> it's my grand puppy. She likes to lick people's tonsils randomly. I see you, ma'am. Well, she owned the fur coats and, I mean, what are you going to do with them? You'd have to put them in storage, worry about moths. That's a whole thing. Like, I think you think about fur coats now, like, they're not popular. Yeah. But back in the day, that was, like, how you knew somebody was rich if they had a fur coat. That was, okay. like, a legit thing back in the day. I remember my grandma got a fur coat one time. What happened to it? Who uh, has it now? Probably with my aunt. But I don't really know. But, uh, man, you couldn't tell her nothing. She got a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on November 18th, 1995, she had gone to a local store and got some wallpaper samples. One of the neighbors waved to her as she was going back into her house a little after 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. Earlier on, um, it was like early, early on Monday, November 20th. Jackie's sister, Tiki, called a friend of hers, Nancy. And Tiki told Nancy that she had been trying to reach her sister all weekend and she had not been able to get in touch with her. And so she said, you know, since you live pretty close, would you mind going by there before you go to work and just check in with her? So Nancy's like, yeah, cool, no problem. I'll ride by there. She um, gets dressed. She gets in the car. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about the layout of Jackie's house because um, this didn't make sense when I first read it. But what was happening was Jackie's house was built so that when you come down the driveway, you came up to the back of the house. Okay. The front of the house faced the water. Right. So the front door that would go into the living room mm -hmm. was at the water. Okay. The back door, the kitchen door was the one you drove up to okay when you came in so she comes up and she goes to the kitchen door and she knocks on the door she calls out um she sees that the jaguar is in the driveway mm -hmm. so she feels like she's probably there she's yelling out you know she's yelling it's nancy i'm tiki's friend and uh she's calling for jackie nothing and so she's like hmm but she knows somebody in the neighborhood. And so um, she goes to their house and she's like, you know, hey, can I use your phone real quick? She calls Tiki. She says, listen, I went over there. I knocked on the door. I beat on the door. I yelled out. Her car is there. But she never came to the door. So Tiki gets super concerned. And she's like, She's doing all this renovation. She could have fallen off a ladder and gotten hurt. Yeah. There are any number of household accidents she could have had over the weekend. And, you know, I'm super concerned. She's like, can you go back and try the doors? 
So Nancy's like, sure, I'll go back. She goes, she tries the kitchen door, it's locked. She knocks, she yells, nothing. So she wanders around to the front of the house. When she gets up there, that door is not just unlocked. It's like barely even closed. It's not even locked. Oh, wow. It's just pulled. And so she opens it and she calls out. She walks in. She's looking around. She's screaming. She's hollering. Nothing. So she hears that the TV is on. And so she starts following the sound. She gets to Jackie's room. When she first gets in there, she doesn't see any cause for alarm. She certainly doesn't see Jackie in a household accident. So she looks. There's a small TV on the windowsill. And there's a chair pulled up in front of it. There's half a glass of water and a pair of earrings sitting next to the TV. Okay. Um, She glances. There's a comforter on the floor. She doesn't really think that's odd because sometimes, you know, it gets warm. You throw the comforter off. Yeah. But the bed was stripped of sheets. And that was odd. And then she was like, maybe Maybe wash day. So there's um, a comforter on the floor because she's washing her right. teeth. So she walks on in and then she sees something much more alarming. She sees a large pool of what she believes to be blood on the floor. Oh no. And it seemed like a lot of blood and it was starting to brown around the edges. Now she this was interesting to me is the only reason I'm throwing it in. She said that the puddle of blood was the size of a number two wash tub, which is one of those galvanized tubs that's like that. So, I mean, that, it, I mean, it's a decent size. Yeah. Especially if it is blood, that's a lot of blood. Yeah. So, um, that measurement, though, was just so dated. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, she glances around and she spots the door frame of the closet and it looks like it's been kicked in. And oh. so she turns around and runs out. She goes to the kitchen. She calls Tiki's husband because she didn't, um, she wasn't really sure what she was seeing exactly. Yeah. And um, she didn't want to tell Tiki that on the phone. So she calls Tiki's husband and she says, um, you know, this is what I saw. Well, he's like, all right, let me call my friend who is the sheriff in his town. And so he calls that friend and he relays it. And then that sheriff calls the sheriff that's local to Jackie's house. And so Tiki stays there. The sheriff comes and then the brother-in-law comes at right about the same time as the sheriff. So, you know, he got there quick they all go in and they start to inspect the scene again when they get there the sheriff notices that there are broken fingernails all over the floor so yeah so jackie had put up a fight in that room he asked everybody to leave the house but not the property he called in the crime lab and the fbi so were there any workers there that day? No, not over the weekend. Okay. And um, I assume they were to be there that Monday, but um, none were there at the time. When the crime scene investigators got there, they looked under the mattress and they saw that it had actually been flipped to hide another huge puddle of blood. 
At that point, they came to the conclusion that if it was Jackie's blood, she could not have survived that. Yeah. Um, that was contradicted later by a lab, a lab tech that said, well, that wasn't necessarily true. Personally, I think the chances that she would have survived without medical intervention seems pretty slim, but that's just me. Yeah. I highly doubt whoever took her, took her to the hospital to get medical intervention. Mm. So I get that the lab tech is saying like, well, that's not necessarily true, but I mean, yeah, but in this case, it's probably true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... If I reach over and stab you, you won't necessarily die, but you could. (laughs) Eventually, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, people like that annoy me. It's a thing. It's like a know-it-all kind of thing. Right, you know the ones. Like, well, that's not necessarily true. I mean, well, no shit, but it is probably true, right? All right, Nancy, get out of here. Yeah. Not this Nancy, Nancy, though. Yeah. (laughs) Not this, Nancy. She's in the driveway waiting. (sighs) They did identify it as the same type as Jackie's blood, but you know they weren't doing the DNA like that. Right. They continued to look around, and they noted that there were tire indentions in the grass at the front door. But with all the construction at the time, they didn't really think anything about it. I think it's pretty impressive that they noted it at all, though. Yeah. Um, Later, they interviewed all the subcontractors that worked in the house, and they found out that no one ever, for any reason, used that door in the course of their work. They also found out that a witness had heard a car pull a a startup behind the wall to Jackie's house, like the fence wall, the Mm -hmm. garden wall, between 10 and 11 p.m. Um, It was a guy that was... Like a neighbor's son was yeah. out. He was like walking the dog and smoking. Yeah. And um, and he heard a car crank up. And then he didn't obviously think anything about it and just went back in. The police did extensive searches. They did aerial water and ground searches. They used both tracking dogs and cadaver dogs. And they did not come up with anything. Wow. Tiki said that Jackie would never have left the glass sitting there if she was done. So if she was finished drinking that water, she would have taken it and washed it and put it away. Yeah. She would not have left that glass there. So, I mean, obviously she didn't leave on her own accord. Right. So, well, with that all led her to broken s- nails and blood right. and stuff. Like, nobody thought that. Well, no, I think that they're trying to figure out what exactly was going on did she bring somebody back you know what was the deal and that led to speculation that somebody was hiding in the house okay and that she sat down to watch tv took out her earrings drank some of the water and she was watching tv and they snuck up behind well if they would have snuck up behind i feel like she ran to the closet at one point because the closet frame was kicked in. So she there's some reason they had to kick in that closet frame. Right. So I don't I don't think they snuck up behind her is what I'm trying to say. I think they either came in the room and she ran into the closet 
and then well, she okay, fought her so way out. When maybe? I say snuck up behind, like um, the window was the window she would sit at to watch the boat, so she would have been facing the window. If they came in the room, they still would be behind her. Gotcha. So I doubt they didn't come in with like a marching band and stuff, like announcing their arrival. So I think snuck in the sense yeah. that they were a secret squirrel when they walked in the room and then they were behind her. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I just feel like if they snuck up behind her, it would have been easier to do it more quietly, I guess. Maybe. If that makes sense. So, there were only two things missing from the house. Jackie's purse with her wallet in it. Okay. And her makeup bag, which she jokingly hmm. referred to as her first aid bag. Huh. What is left behind, though, was pretty interesting. She had a safe with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewelry in it. And, okay, maybe they don't want a full full with the safe maybe they're like we don't know how to open a safe whatever that's fair right but those wind earrings on that windowsill they gotta be cost over three thousand dollars jeez louise um and then the, all the furs that were hanging in the closet you remember how i said mm. that it, you that's how you knew somebody was rich back in the day because yeah. they had furs um those furs that were left hanging in the closet were worth over two hundred thousand dollars Jeez. And let's not forget, she had a Jaguar in the driveway. Yeah. She so, had a ton of stuff. Like, none of that was tough. So, our audio cut out a little bit. Um, and I'm just going to tell you what Michelle was going to say next. And hopefully, it makes sense in the context. The family put up a $200,000 reward and hundreds of leads came in, a lot of them from psychics, most declaring her to have been dumped in the water, but none of that panned out. One did say she saw Jackie's body in a barn with tireless tractors near a road sign that said Louisiana. Her personal psychic, Jackie's personal psychic, had a vision of two men she even drew a picture and tried to file a lawsuit against Jackie's family for having a part in her murder. That case was thrown out. The police were perplexed on why the killers would have taken the body. They did not believe a professional would have done that. They also believed that if her body was dumped in the river, it had a 50% chance of making it to the ocean without surfacing. And here we talked about a 50-50% chance. Yeah, it could come up. It could not come up. Uh, her body was never recovered. In April of 1997, the bank that held the trust petitioned the courts and declared her dead and allowed them to carry out Ralph's instructions of dividing the trust equally between his two grandkids. Then they dropped the case a couple months later. And Michelle, you can go ahead and pick it up from here. Okay, so after she was declared dead in Florida in 2001, her son inherited around $4 million. Just her son? Just her son. Okay. He was never a suspect, and he was physically thousands of miles away when she disappeared. So he's pretty cleared. <laughs> yeah. So after that, um, well, after he started getting sick, because he was up. Uh, in age yeah 
he started getting sick. His health was fading. And so then the reward was retracted by the family because they felt like it wasn't really financially feasible for them to continue offering it. And I just thought that was odd because I think in all the stories we've done, I've never seen a family or anybody. Um, Who knew you could retract a reward in the beginning? Like in the first place. Well, I mean, I guess Not you know, it's your but... money. Yeah, I, I think I maybe thought it went into like a escrow for lack of a yeah. better like you have to prove that you have the reward money for you to offer a reward. Right. And and I think I thought like it went into an account. And, but I guess technically it's your money if you put up the reward and it's obvious that it's not doing anything. You, you know, should back. you be out all that money if you decide? I don't know. That makes me think also like how much money is in for rewards around... For missing people that, you know, the family's long gone. And I guess that's, um, but if they haven't retracted it, I guess the money is still there. I don't know. And in some of the rewards, remember, it's the FBI or the state or whatever yeah. that puts it up. So Could it just be like money floating around at I that point? Yeah. Honestly, don't. Like if the FBI puts up money for a case that's like in 1920. Well, that's government money, so. But is it just sitting there? I mean, it's like somewhere, I guess it's like petty cash if everybody, if somebody pops up with a, because I don't think the government is usually given a big reward on a case gotcha. like that. The government does not know what they're doing with their money, so. <laughs> They'll pull it out of your bank account. <laughs> yeah, true. So, anyway. Let me quit talking about the government. Yeah, you're going to get a shut down. <laughs> the men in black going to show up at your house. <laughs> anyway, um, I need to add here that a lot of reports say that the brother-in-law was the one that discovered her missing. And as I said, he was there that day. But it actually was Nancy that was the first one to go in and realize something was wrong. Yeah. And bless her heart, she had nightmares for years over this. Yeah. And every year when it was getting close to Thanksgiving, she would start having nightmares again. Oh, Even man. when she um, was doing better the rest of the year, when it started getting Thanksgiving season, she'd start having nightmares again. So... <sighs> Poor Nancy. But anyway, if you look up the story, probably nine times out of ten, you're going to see that her brother-in-law was the one that discovered her missing. Mm -hmm. And that was not really what had happened was. There was a mother-son con team that was roaming um, the country, really. And they, the police suspected them for like a hot minute. Because they actually had kidnapped an 80-something-year-old lady who was super rich. And um, and then they tried to ransom her. But there was no evidence that they were connected to this incident. And there was no ransom call ever made or anything. Yeah. So police were like... Meh. And they never took any of her money. Right. And police were like, man, we don't really think it's It that. seems personal because they did not take anything. Right. And so, where does that leave us theory-wise? It could have been a crime of opportunity. But why would somebody say, hey, let's randomly go in here and kill this old lady? 
I mean, it doesn't make sense. Okay, was she a, mm, how do I put this? Without? Mean? No. Okay, she was not a no, mean person everybody, to the workers. No, people really liked her. And when she would um, go, like, she would get out there and joke with the construction workers. Yeah. Now, she would say, hey, um, you know, this isn't right or this isn't up to standard or whatever. But, you know, she also would get out there and joke with them. Okay. So, she wasn't so, like, no no construction worker was like, oh, I hate that. Well, I mean, one of them could have been because you can't make everybody happy. True. But, um, for the most part, I actually did not hear anything negative negative about her at all hmm. that she was very well liked that when she spoke to you she made you feel like you were the only person in the room that you know she very much was friendly and nice she was down to earth i didn't hear anybody say anything i mean even with all this money and all she's the one driving her jag up there to get the wallpaper samples and stuff you yeah. know what i'm saying so, what about her late husband's grandkids? Because they didn't get any money yet. Well, I mean, they're definitely on my short list. <laughs> but, um, here's the thing. Nothing was taken but her purse and her makeup bag. Yeah, but Which once is she weird. dies, they get money, right? Okay, but... To me, that says that whoever took her intended to make her disappear. Not, like, I don't think they were trying to kidnap her to ransom her or anything. Because anybody that knew anything about her knew that, you know, she was the one with the money. It would have made more sense to kidnap one of her siblings or her kid and ransom yeah. to her. Yeah. Because she was the one with all the money. So, to me, the fact that they took her purse and her makeup bag, things she would not have left without, makes me believe they were trying to disappear her. And didn't get back in time to clean up, is what you think? Well, no, I think that they, they came in, and I do think they came, they were probably hiding in the house already, and they came in when she was watching TV. And I feel like she, that maybe they thought she was just this little old lady. Yeah. And, but she wasn't. She was working. Mm -hmm. You know, she had been working her entire life. She was involved in all these renovations and all. And I think she put up a fight and they did not expect it. I think they walked in thinking they were just going to overpower this old lady. Yeah. <laughs> and... And she put up a fight and probably started whooping their ass. And she broke away at some point, got into the closet thinking she could put some distance between them, figure out what to do, maybe look for a weapon. Yeah. And they kicked in the closet door. Ooh, what if, what if she started beating their asses? And then they ran into the closet <laughs> her, and she kicked in the door. I wish that was the way it played yeah. out. Yeah. I think they drug her out and they probably threw her on the bed and they stabbed her or something. Then yeah. wrapped her in the sheet. And then I think they probably drug her off onto the floor mm. to flip the mattress to hide the blood. 
But then when she was laying on the floor, she bled onto the carpet. And I think they didn't foresee that. So then they're like, so, well, screw this. There's yeah, no then they were like, oh, crap. Now what are we going to do? We can't. I mean, I think. I think she knew who they were. Yeah. I think that she could have identified them. It's a very personal thing. So, okay. So who stands to gain? I mean. The grandkids. But. Okay. They do. But it makes no sense for them to disappear her. If there because she be has to on the body, then right. But who's to say that they can declare her dead off of that without a body? Most of the time, you got to wait like five years. Some states at seven. So there would be a waiting period if they did. Whereas if they had made it look like she did fall off a ladder, yeah, it would have been believable and immediately they would have been able to get their money within a couple months. If they disappeared her, it would be years mm -hmm. before they would be able to get it. But do recall that the bank that held the trust tried to get her declared dead two years after she disappeared. Yeah. So maybe one of them was like, hey, listen, can you do something about this? <clears throat> Here's the thing. They may not have known it. Not everybody's smart. And just because you come from a rich family don't make you smart. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's at all possible that they just did not realize they would have to wait five years True. if that was the case. And I'm sure they didn't just, they couldn't have just Googled it, could they? Well, it's 2001, so they could have Googled it. No, no, no. It wasn't This was in the 90s. 2001 was when she was declared dead. Oh, okay. But that was years after she disappeared. Yeah, so they couldn't just Google it and be I like, mean, What's yeah, the... I think we had Google in the night. It was the late 90s, so they may have been able, but I don't know if... I don't remember what was happening on the internet back then. Yeah. I don't either. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, um... I was a baby. I don't know if they would have necessarily thought to Google it. Now, the grandkids was a boy and a girl. They would have both been in their 20s at this time. Yeah, well, so could have got together and or one of them. Anyway. Were they were they on hard times either though? Well, I d I could not find a ton about the girl. Um she got married. I did find her last name. I believe that um, it, it's just a belief because I really could not find a ton, but I believe she married well. Did um, they ever get the money? The boy, yes. Did they get money? The boy worked in the furniture store. Um, Ralph's son had taken over the furniture store, and he had actually kind of changed it up into a type of, let's say like a type of rooms to go thing. Mm. Um, and then he had expanded. Okay. And so, um, 
and the, his son, the grandson, mm-hmm. was working with him in the furniture business. So, the thing is that the furniture business was struggling. And um, I don't know that that would have affected just as a 20-something-year-old working in this business and it was handed to you. I don't know if you'd really be like, oh, no, my life's work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or would you be like, okay, well, now I can go do something else. So, True. I don't I don't know that the... In all honesty, the son would have been a better candidate for um, this suspect. Yeah. But he had nothing to gain. So, it doesn't make sense for it to be him either. I I don't, I can see, okay, like, so if it was just a robber and they busted in and they're like robbing her. My thing is, you came all the way through the house and you see that there's no furniture, there's some plastic lawn chairs. So, did you not immediately go, hmm, we might have messed up. We need to come back when they're done with the house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I honestly would not have believed that she had jewelry and stuff there given the plastic lawn chairs and no furniture. Very true. But I can see why you would have mistaken that from the outside because there's a Jaguar in the driveway constantly. True, but when you come into the house, you have to walk through the living room, the halls, all yeah. of this. It just seems like when you open the door, you'd be like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. And close the door back up. Be like, well, this is definitely not worth a felony. (laughs) And then walk back out, in my opinion. So, but I can see the robber, like, panicking in the fight. Like, they didn't expect a fight or whatever. And then they, like, forget to steal stuff. I can kind of see that. But why would they flip the mattress to hide it? Why would they take the body? Maybe they were in the middle of the cleanup and then, uh, what was her name? T.T.? That was the sister. Nancy. Maybe uh, Nancy showed up as they were, like, coming back to, like, clean up. So maybe they had done it recently. Well, when Nancy got there, the blood was starting to turn brown around the edges. So the blood was a couple. Um, I guess depending on the temperature and everything which it was november but also mississippi like georgia it could be 100 degrees in november it could be 30 degrees (laughs) you just never know i would imagine depending on the temperature and the humidity anywhere between a couple hours and a day okay so yeah so maybe they Maybe they had done it the day before and then were like, okay, tomorrow we're going to go back when it's nighttime and clean. Okay, but why? Why go back when it's nighttime? Why would a robber... Like, it happens all the time. Somebody breaks into somebody's house. They didn't expect somebody to be there. They kill them. They grab what they can and they run. They don't take the body. I don't think it was a robber. They don't hide the crime. I said if it was a robber. I don't think it was a robber. I think it was in the grandkids. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> in the grandkids. So, I don't know. Um, it feels... Are the grandkids... The grandkids are still alive. Yeah. Yeah. 
It feels to me like if you're the grandkids, uh, contact us and let us know if you did it. <laughs> you contact her. You leave me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Email us. Untalksouthpodcast at gmail.com. They're going to be showing up at your door with the men in black. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> uh. Anyhow. I don't know if we've been long-winded, but I had a uh, quick little story. All right, tell it. Okay, so I was just going to tell you all what had happened this um, past week, or last week. So I had accidentally on purpose bought 90 pounds of onions. Yeah. <laughs> you should have brought me more because I just ran out. We made onion buddies. Oh, yeah. I missed onion buddies. Well, I got more, so you could. Um, so, okay, so what happened was... I don't know if this is a thing where they do it everywhere, if it's just in Georgia because we got Vidalia or um, what. But here, places like bands or whatever clubs or groups or schools sell onions. I have never had somebody approach me and say, you want to buy 50 pounds of onions. We didn't have to buy 50 pounds. Well, I've never had anybody like... like, They was like 89 cents a pound or something, if you thought that much. And I was like, I mean, I'll be using onions, so... Yeah. Um, I don't know about 80 pounds worth of onions, but... Okay, so (laughs) what happened was... um, One person was like, you know, hey, do you want to buy onions? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like looking at the price. And I was like, the smaller bag is like grocery store price. But then the big bag was cheap. And I'm like, 50 pounds of onions. I'll use that easy. right? Yeah. And um, because I use onions a lot. And, you know, if you storm right, they don't go bad. They take forever to go bad. Right. And so I'm like, I'll get 50 pounds. And so this kid's trying to go to camp. I'm like, all about kids should be going to camp. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, girl, I got you. So <laughs> I buy 50 pounds of onions. Then from a different school, a whole different county, a whole different organization. So I don't know how you've never been approached because this is a thing that happens on the heavy. They here. only approach me for Girl Scout cookies and sodas. And uh, donuts. Okay, see, you don't live out in the rural area like I do. They be selling barbecue butts for fundraisers. I wish somebody Listen, would. We got good fundraisers out there. <laughs> Ain't nobody. Y'all send me some good fundraisers. I want some good ones. Well, uh, when Zane's selling butts, I'll let you Them Girl Scout cookies don't here. hit like they used to. They don't. They really don't. They're not don't. good. But I don't know if it's just me or they done change the recipe. I think they changed the recipe because they just don't hit. I swear to you, Rona screwed up everything. Mm. Screwed up everything. Nothing is good. And the government be trying to tell you it's because you lost your taste. But Conspiracy no. theory. The food at my house tastes fine. <laughs> How come when I'm getting Girl Scout cookies, and I saw somebody on Facebook complain about chicken don't taste right no more. Like legitimate chicken when they buy it at the store don't taste right no more. Yeah. And I believe that because I thought I that so same too. thing. I was like, this is not tasting right. It just, it just doesn't taste like anything really. Exactly. And that's what she was complaining. And then she was like, it shrinks a lot. And I was like, I did make some You're chicken right. the other day. And I was like, I swear this chicken was bigger when I put it in here. Cause then after I cooked it, I was like, I don't know if that's enough chicken for everybody. Yeah. But when I put it in, it seemed like plenty enough chicken. And I was like, this heifer is correct. Huh. I swear Why that chicken been shrinking. That? And then somebody's like, it's cause I pump it full of water. 
to make it look better before they sell it because they overpriced in it. And I'm like, this sounds legit because it does taste like almost nothing and water tastes like nothing. It just tastes like your seasoning. Like, it tastes like tofu. Right. Well, I don't know if it's like that much. I don't know. I don't like tofu because of the texture. It just grosses me. Yeah, I don't care about that. Anyways, go back to your onions. Okay, so back to my story. I bought the 50 pounds, and then somebody else was like, they were selling onions, and I was like, oh, crap, because I'm closer (laughs) to the second person, and I was like, I feel like I should buy from them, too, and then I was like, that's cool, because Matlin likes onions, and I put them in the freezer, which I did put um, 40 pounds in the freezer. I chopped them and vacuum sealed them mm-hmm. and stuck them in the freezer, so I'm busting them out and just throwing them in my recipes, and all. if you're cooking with them, it's fine. Yeah. And then I've been using the other ones. We done done a bunch of stuff with onions. Anyway. So, I'm like, this first box, um, which I bought from the second organization, those onions were not, they were good tasting. Mm-hmm. But they were going off. And I was like, I got to hurry up and process these. Jeez. And that so, big? yeah, they were going off when I got them. I threw away like three. They were rotten already. Oh, wow. And, you know, you got to get rid of them because I'll make your other ones. So, yeah. I'm like, listen, we got to get these things processed. And so me and Kayla take a couple of days. We going to process them. So I'm like, y'all wearing goggles? No, it does not bother me. Like it kills her. She like, (laughs) if you cut an onion in your kitchen, sixteen foot away, (laughs) and she's out in the living room, she is gonna start crying. I mean, some of these onions are angry. Angry. No, these were legit Vidalias, and they they're pretty mild. Now I'm cutting them away, and it don't bother me at all. She's over here just tears streaming and i'm like <laughs> girl i said you need to go get you some goggles some sunglasses some something. did she cut them with her mouth open maybe because you know she can't i don't think she can breathe out her nose or something she's always got her mouth open i think that's what it is is if you have your mouth open i feel like i always have I'll be talking and stuff. I got my radio going. I'm singing. Yeah, I feel like I got my mouth open. Okay, well, maybe that's wrong. (laughs) I just think she's more sensitive to it than I am. In any case, so, um, I'm like, you cut the tops off and the bottoms and peel them. And then I will cut them. And, um, cause I diced some of them and then I got my chopper for some. So I'm like, all right, and then diced all of my dice. I'm like, um, so if you can, without cutting yourself, cut them into four pieces, mm. cut them in half and then half again. Yeah. Then do that. Okay. So <laughs> Kayla. <laughs> Kayla's is very literal, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I go cut it in half, like, you know, you got your top here and your bottom here, right? Yeah. She cuts it this direction. So you got the top on one half and the bottom on one half. She cut it in the middle. Okay. And so, and that's hard though, because it's trying to roll away. So she's having an issue, right? And I'm like, you're going to cut off your whole hand. And I'm like, that is not what I mean. I mean, cut it like this and like this. <laughs> and so she's looking, but it's like, she, it's not clicking. Yeah. What I'm saying. And so she cuts it in the center and then she cuts the center piece in half. And then I'm like, somehow. <laughs> 
somehow that's like now we need too many cuts. <laughs> like I don't know how how it worked. But now you need extra cuts to make it in. But now it's eight pieces instead of four. And then I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> just one of them cut into four pieces. <laughs> and now that's not because now you got like half an onion in, in a long half. And now we got eight pieces. Like, something's not right. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Did you show her how? Yes, twice. And <laughs> and then and it was like she wasn't getting it. And so I'm so freaking distracted by what she's doing that um I'm like, listen, do whatever you need to do. Just don't cut your finger off. Immediately cut my whole thumb off. <laughs> I cut the entire corner of my thumb off and part of my fingernail. Oh, so is that why you didn't want to get your nails in? Yeah, because I cut my whole Okay. Because I cut the corner, like where your thumb goes up and then yeah. makes that turn. I cut that entire corner off. Jeez. And part of my fingernail with it. Jeez. And then I'm like, mother goodness. So, because I just, and I mean, when I say I just said, just don't cut your finger off. Screw <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I said a choice word or two. And then, um, and blood's like coming. <laughs> but it skinned it like, it didn't cut the piece all the way off, but it cut it. It cut it off. Enough where and it's then annoying like, and you have to go cut it off yourself. And Yeah, and then I'm like, well, with that piece, of, like, I could have used to glue that skin back on or something. But anyway, I was like, now I got to go find my scissors and cut off that piece of skin. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like pouring blood. And so uh, she's like, are you all right? Well, you know, when somebody says you're all right, but you're pouring blood, like, obviously I'm not. Like, I know she was trying to be nice and she wasn't sure what to say. <laughs> Because she does that sometimes. Like, she's just not sure what to say, but she's like, I've heard people say this. So, she does. And But I'm like, no, obviously not, because my whole hand's full of blood. But what do you say in that situation? What Can I you get do? you something? Can I help you some way? <laughs> Is there something you need me to grab? Well, when I'm in that situation, I'm like, I don't even know anymore. Okay, so, well, I won't ask you. In any case, so I'm in the bathroom. I'm like rinsing it. For some reason, my well water feels like acid on it. I'm like, what is happening here? My whole hand's burning off now. I must have hit a nerve or something because, I mean, mm. my whole hand hurt. It just throbbed. Like my whole entire hand yeah. had a heartbeat. So it took me forever. And then I had to cut the finger off a glove and put it on my thumb mm -hmm. and then taped it up while we went on and processed the rest of the onions. And I was only like 15 pounds in <laughs> when I did a lot it. It was terrible. And so, um, but I did finally manage to finish with those. I still got a bag, but those are good. They're like solid right now. So good. I got time. But anyway. I need some more onions and I need some more eggs. Well, you're welcome to come get both. My other chickens done uh, got to laying yes. right. So I was afraid for a minute there. I was having to buy eggs and I didn't like that. <laughs> I usually get my eggs for free, farm raised. And then I got uh, I got like <laughs> fifty more chickens coming in July. So we'll see how that works yeah, out. You need to build a 
My husband's gonna get to it. He's gonna get to it, I tell you. Anyhow. Alright, so that's all I got for this week. Alright, well we'll see y'all again here next week. Um, join our Facebook discussion group and follow us on Instagram and send us your stories because we would love to hear them. Even if it's just a close call or a, a little like, dang, that was weird. It, it doesn't have to be elaborate. You can just send just send us all the details though. Yeah. So, so please make, make it story. like a story. but yeah. Or send us details. I'll make it a story. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. We'll make something up. <laughs> so this week we're going to share this with somebody that works hard and could use a break. Me! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Y'all Bye. have a good week. Bye.